Welcome to Diving into Deep Waters. I'm your host, Erin Rowling, and I'm excited to dive into what God has in store for us this week. And just thank you for joining me. Like we're going to get strengthened. We're going to get encouraged together. Like we're, we're in this together. So let's do it. Let's dive in. I'm going to go on a rant here for a second. Okay. Because I have been watching, you know, like get sucked into Instagram, you know, like the reels and stuff like that. And I'm seeing all these things about this middle part in your hair, which if you're a guy listening, I'm so sorry, but I just have to get this off my chest. Okay, so I, okay, when my daughter got married, um, well, let me just say this. They say like it's old to like wear your hair like parted to the side. Like that's what old people do is what they're saying. Okay, so I have a problem with this. And when my daughter got married, the girl who did my hair, she, I showed her a picture. Okay. She didn't do what I wanted, but that's besides the point. But in the beginning, it didn't have a picture from the front, which was a mistake on my part. Okay. I take responsibility that that was my fault, but she parted my hair down the middle. Like she didn't ask me like, where do you part your hair? She was young and apparently just thought she knew where people should part their hair. And so I went and checked out my hair and I was like, oh no, this people, I look like a marm. I'm not saying if you part your hair down the middle, you look like a marm, but me with my hair parted down the middle, which I have never done in my life. Like I've tried it just to see, and I'm like, no, this makes me, it makes me look like 10 years older. I, in my opinion, it makes me look very old. It does not flatter my face. So this is my, my thing. Why is it that we have to put like, like, um, taglines on these things like, oh, if you part your hair down the side, you're an old person. Like we're not with the times. How about we just say, here's another option of how you can part your hair. You could part it down the middle. And if it works for your face, great. And if it doesn't, don't do it. I don't know, where where are those things? <laughs> and maybe this is why social media is terrible because it's like tells us that we should do something because it's the new thing or whatever. Listen, certain things don't work for certain people and we should totally embrace that and say, hey, that doesn't work for you. I know I'm getting huffy about a middle part. It's dumb. It just bothers me that we would put things out there like that. And for me, I embrace my part down down the side. Like I, I embrace that fully and totally. I don't feel old. That's how I like to see myself. It's all good. Actually for my daughter's way, I like ripped out the side of my hair and like swept it to the side. And then I was like, okay, this is me. This is, this is who I am. I can embrace that. But there are people who feel there, I guarantee it. There are people who are wearing their hair parted down the middle that hate it, that are like, this is not me, but I don't want to be old. Nobody wants to be old or be told that they're old, maybe. Because I, I know some older people and they are fabulous. They are 
like I aspire to be them because they're just like embracing life. They're embracing their age. They're, they're just like living life to the fullest, making impact. Like that is like how I want to be as I get older. I want to be, be happy with my age instead of dreading it. So anyways, there's my rant about the middle part. If you're listening and you're like, wow, you just spent however many minutes at a middle part. I just want to say the, the point <laughs> of my rant is be yourself. Wear your hair how you want to wear your hair or anything else in life. Take it deeper. Be yourself. Like don't allow social media or anything to tell you like one thing I had a big problem with. I know I keep going on with this was the thigh gap. That was like a huge thing. I don't know if it is anymore, but literally that angered me because it was messing with people's eating habits, how they felt about themselves. And I am a huge component of people loving their body because it's been a struggle for me personally. So I'm a huge advocate of like encouraging people like, hey, this is how your body is. It is something I still work on in myself, like embrace who you are. And so when you're messing with people's like minds, their nutrition, their health, because that's what that was doing. People were starving themselves to achieve this thigh gap, which they would never achieve because their body wasn't built like that. If you have natural thigh gap, embrace it. If you don't, embrace it. It's okay. We're, we, God, God did not make us all to have a thigh gap. Okay. (laughs) And if you're a guy, you're like, really, I think I'm going to turn this off now because she's talked about hair parts and thigh gap, nothing to do with me. So if you're still in here and you're a guy, like I'm impressed. (laughs) But, um, so yeah, that was my, my little, uh, rant there, but it was kind of cool this week. Um, I'm just some, I'm often just blown away by like who God is and how good he is like and just his just how amazing he is and um this last Monday my husband and I spent several hours together and there were some heavy subjects we needed to talk about um we we're pastors you know that brings up some heavy things and so we just had a lot of hours of discussion and just like, like asking God for wisdom, how to approach this one particular subject that we were talking about. And, you know, when you dive into subjects that are really deep and like have to get to the nitty gritty of them and there, and there were times I was emotional. So by the end of it, um, it, it was so good for us to have that time to just discuss this and know that we were on the same page and how we were approaching it and all of these things. But it kind of leaves you like depleted, um, just overwhelmed and just like, I need a nap <laughs> is, is kind of how I felt. And literally my husband got up, uh, he went to go deal with some other stuff and I was just sitting there and I was like, okay, I, I need to like get some gumption to actually go work on this podcast. And I get a text from Kara. Kara um, does a lot for this podcast. And she sent me this, the, the things for this week. She'll, she'll send me like um, the, the Insta stories. She sends me the reels. She's, you know, we just kind of go over them. And so 
Um, and, and let me just say this. If you don't follow us on Instagram, you're missing out. And I'm not saying that for me. I'm saying that like Kara puts in so much work and does a terrific job of just like putting uplifting things. I know I've said this before, but it it is so encouraging. And I was just a huge recipient recipient that uh, was hard to say a huge recipient of what she does and you know like I texted her back and I was like hey like I needed this and she was you know texted me back well I pray about it which you can tell she does you can tell she prays about things that she is putting together and um which is amazing like that even in graphics even in um, what's being put out there, that there's prayer that goes into that. You know, it's it's not just random things. It's stuff that's being prayed over that we're presenting to you and asking God to help it be an encouragement to you or be a, res- a resource of just what you need. And and I, like I said, it. she sent me this video um, that she was putting on the Insta story and it was just like this, um, it was a, ver- a passage of scripture and it was just like this waves, just like coming up on the um, shore and it was so peaceful. Like I just felt my entire body just like sink into um, this thing that I'm watching and it was just so powerful. And also on this story, like I had recorded a lot of stuff a while ago And the one that she posted was like, I'm watching me talk to me. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I need this. Like, it's so funny. Something that could have happened a while ago is just coming into fruition now. And it's like exactly like what I needed to hear. But it it just kind of brought up a little point to me is, have you ever had like, I, I know a lot of times when we read scripture, we have like mental um, things that happen, reactions. We have um, spiritual reactions, but have you ever had like a physical reaction to the scripture? And this is what happened to me when she sent me that that passage. Um, and maybe it sounds weird. Maybe you're like, Aaron, I don't know where you're coming from, but it was just like this physical release that I needed in that moment. And um, it kind of brought up a thing that my husband had preached last Sunday about um, the word being active, that it's because um, in Hebrews uh, 4 verse 12, it says the word of God is living and active. And so like when we read the, the a passage of scripture, it's it's like activate something in us. And that can be like mental or or physical, it, it can be a physical thing that happens to me. And, and for me in this particular situation, it was just like it activated a physical release in my body. And it was, it was great. It was just exactly what I needed. So thank you, Kara. That was on point. <laughs> um, and, and just so you know, like when you're reading your word, it, it isn't just um, for your mind. Sometimes, sometimes it's, it's something that you need from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. So I just wanted to share that because it was just impactful to me. It was something that really happened to me that I just wanted to share with you. (laughs) Um, Last week, I mentioned that we have been doing devotional time in our family. 
with our two youngest kids at dinner time. And I was thinking about, so we used to try to do devotions when my older two girls were younger. We used to read Keys for Kids. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, but it basically was just these little booklets you would get for the month. I had them when I was a kid, so they're kind of, they're old. I don't even know if you can still get them. You used to be able to like apply for them and you would get them for free. And it just like be a story with a Bible verse and like, I think like a call to action, like how to implement it or something like that. But, um, I think when I was thinking about doing this with my kids, when the older two, when they were younger, I thought, I think I was kind of rigid about devotion time. Like, Hey, it's devotion time. Like you need to be serious. You need to be somber. You need to listen to the word of the God of God. And, and really I took like what I was raised with, um, like our devotion time growing up, not always a fan of mainly because my mom used to wake us up super early because she one of her jobs she started super early so she would wake us up and I just wanted to sleep I'm just being honest I was a kid and um it was just always such a like serious time of just like reading the verse and I I remember talking about it vaguely. I remember the Psalms, reading through the Psalms, because that's something I actually um, enjoyed the most, I think, of all of the devotions that we did as kids. Actually, the best devotions I think we ever did as a kid was, um, it was, I don't remember what it was called. I should have thought of this before I said it. (laughs) Um, But it was like uh, things, characteristics of like animals and like how we can implement them to ourselves. And it was by a God, a God, a guy who was a, did homeschool material. I think he ended up being really weird, but <laughs> I remember the characteristic traits. It was like a big book, like a leather bound book. And I did the Eagle is the one that stuck out to me the most. But anyways, um, I, I think we, appre- we approached, apparently I cannot talk today, approached devotions a lot differently with our older two than we are with our younger two. And, and I'm not, and I'm not saying like, we're, we're not serious, or we're not reverent. I mean, the word of God is, you know, we, we are reverent to the word of God. But I, I think that I'm looking at a little bit differently, as far as like, just going from my experience is devotion time is not just devotion time, not just getting in the word and not just like, you know, using it as a a time to teach our children and pour into them and to bring characteristics out of them or things that we can help them work on. Like, Hey, can you work on that or all those things? But there's something more there. I think it also um, can help us as parents teach them what a relationship with God can look like. And for me growing up, it was like this stern time. Like it was not more of a relationship basis. It was more of like, okay, he is God. You read his word, you talk about it and you're done. And I think we're approaching it now with like, let's do this in a way that just maybe opens the door for you to think of God 
as having a, a relationship with him, not just he's up there, we're down here, and he gave us his, gave us his word, and that's, you know, where it ends. And so at, I think we're approaching it with kind of a, a different mindset. And maybe that's why we didn't really stick with it when our kids, I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't ever laughter or stuff like that, but I think I was really stern about it. If, and maybe I just need to ask my kids <laughs> They're Hopefully they're listening. They usually listen to podcasts. Um, they'll have to tell me was, you know, was it boring? I don't know. <laughs> maybe I didn't stick with it because it was boring. I'm sorry, guys, if that's how it was. Um, come home now. Well, it'll be different. <laughs> But I just, I just felt to encourage you to make devotional time a time uh, where you have the opportunity to help your kids be engaged in um, having a relationship with Jesus instead of like, dun, dun, you know, like this rigidness. And maybe you already do that. Maybe you're way ahead of me and I'm not telling you nothing new, but it's just, it's just something that I've just been noticing about um, our devotion time here at, at the Rolling House. But um, actually, this podcast is kind of coming out of our devotion time, um, a recent devotional that we did. And I know I shared one of them before. Maybe this is just going to be a new thing. I'm just going to share from the devotions I learned from. Maybe I'm the one learning <laughs> more than my kids. Um, but it's, it's kind of comical, our devotion time, because Abby has assumed the role of being the Bible reader. So, uh, our devotion has like, you read, you know, a certain passage of scripture. And so we've been letting her get the Bible out and, you know, find the, this is a problem though, is I'll tell her Matthew, like it's Matthew, whatever. And she'll say Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Like she starts in the beginning. And I'm like, no, Abby, like go to the New Testament. Like you can start in Matthew. And so the other day it was in John. And so she was like, Matt, Genesis, Exodus. I'm like, go to Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke. <laughs> Which I, I guess is good because then she's going over the books of the Bible. Because um, I don't even know if I can say them all. Ugh. I should, I, maybe I need to work on that. Um but which actually is funny when I'm in church sometimes, I'm like, I don't know where that is exactly. I'm like, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. <laughs> so it can be helpful. But it's funny when she reads because she pronounces words um, not always correctly um, and will correct her. And then she still doesn't correct them, especially if her brother corrects them. But she adds in all these little ad libs in there and... Anytime she can like bring out a fault of her brother in the scripture, she's quick to point it out. Um, I've actually started to record her because it just is like footage that I want from my life because it cracks me up. But anyways, we're reading the story of John and uh, it's it's the a scripture where the disciples are sitting at a table with Jesus and the atmosphere is so comfortable um, that... John actually is reclining against Jesus. Now, if you look at, at different translations, um, it says laying against his chest. So basically, you know, the disciples are sitting there, John's comfortable, he lays his, his uh, head on Jesus's chest. I'm a very visual person, especially when I read scripture. I think it helps me kind of just um, take it all in more. And so when I'm thinking of that passage of scripture, my mind automatically thinks of like just John 
laying his head on Jesus' chest. I mean, like, it's kind of awkward in a sense to me. Like, I thought, like, okay, if my husband and his buddy, Travis, who's a big guy, is just sitting there and, like, Paul's like, I'm so relaxed. I'm just going to lay my head on Travis's chest. I don't know. It's a weird thought. I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me. It kind of made our whole family, like, giggle a little bit. We also kind of got a giggle out of another thing that my husband brought out was that the book of John was written by John. And so John writes this about himself. He says, one of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Like, that's pretty kind of bold, I thought. We thought that John would say the one that Jesus loves, kind of putting it out there. Just thought, we just thought it was a little forward, but... <laughs> Um, okay, John, you think an awful lot of yourself, the one that Jesus loves. But it's interesting to me that sometimes we can read something and we can see it one way, right? But then we might have an experience that we see something completely different. So we had read that on Saturday, I think. And then Sunday at church, um, I was at practice with my worship team. And as I was just worshiping the Lord with them, I felt so at peace in God's presence, like just a, a super just amount of closeness. I I'm sure you felt that where you just have felt like, wow, just super close to God. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I'm talking, where I'm going with this. And I, that scripture came back to my mind of how John was just sitting there with reclining next to Jesus. And I was like, okay, I, if, if, if in that moment, which he's with Jesus in person, <laughs> not just the presence, but he's in, in Jesus's company sitting next to him. Like, how could that not have been amazing? Like, wow. So the atmosphere must've been crazy peaceful. And so, yeah, I could totally see that moment because in that moment, I was experiencing such a closeness to God that I was like, okay, like this passage of scripture, I could now see this happening because I'm experiencing being close with Jesus. And um, I think that that passage is, has a lot of insight into the relationship that John had with Jesus because they were friends. It, it was more than... Jesus and his disciple, it was a friendship, which poses a question. Are you and I a friend of God? I always think of that friend, that song, um, I am a friend of God, but, but are we really? We sing it. I don't know if you sing it, but we sing it at our church sometimes. There, of course, I had to look into the definition of friend. I know we know what friend means, but I always like to to read a definition because I think it brings some different perspective. Uh, the definition of a friend is a person whom one knows and with whom one has a bond of mutual affection. Another definition is a person whom one knows, likes, and trusts. A person that you are fond of with whom you talk or spend time. So here's another question. Do any of those definitions describe you and God? Thinking back to like how I grew up, I don't know if I could say that I had a friendship with God. I loved God. 
I worshipped him. I had a healthy fear of him. But did I have a friendship with God? Did I have like those definitions that that apply to my relationship with God? Because I don't think it did. I, I definitely know that I did not have the level of friendship that John had with Jesus. We recently talked to our kids about prayer. And we asked them if their prayers consisted of their needs, their wants, or did they ever just talk to God? Just have a conversation with him like they would a friend. And um, it, it kind of reminded me of this. We have a friend who, whenever he prays, he'll say, Lord, God, Lord, God, Jesus, Lord, God. Like every sentence begins with one of those words. And we tease him all the time about it because it's just funny. But in just flipping it to a little bit more serious side of thing, I thought, what if we talk to a friend that way? If I talk to my friend, Tammy, per se, and I start off every sentence with her name, Tammy, da-da-da-da, Tammy, da-da-da, Tammy, da-da-da, Tammy, da-da-da. She might look at me and say, do you not know my name? <laughs> Are we not close enough <laughs> that we're, we, we don't need to say each other's names a hundred times in a conversation. I mean, I think, I and mean, we know things about each other that not a lot of people know. So, I mean, it's like that kind of friendship. It would be weird, right? If we talk to each other that way. Yeah. So like, why do we pray like that? Like what, why do we have to say his name every sentence? Are, don't we have a deeper relationship with him than that? Um, I think that one of the reasons why maybe we don't have a deep relationship with God, like a friendship with God, is maybe because we aren't secure in how God sees us. Like just take that in for a moment. Just and and like just maybe as I'm asking these questions, maybe you need to pause and you need to answer them. <laughs> but I they're questions I'm asking myself. So um you know how you meet someone and you just like feel a connection with them like right off the bat. You're like, like, where has this person been my whole life? Like you just feel so close to them. And for me personally, like my close friends, that's how it's been with all of them. I have just felt an instant connection with them. And when I think about how the friendship started, I remember thinking like afterwards, <laughs> kind of getting in my brain a little bit too much or analyzing too much what just went down, I'd be like, wait a second. Maybe I was more into them than they were into me. Maybe I am like um, thinking this and they're like, okay, that person, Aaron's okay. Like, uh, I could I could go with, go without her. You know, like, oh, I can take her in small doses. <laughs> but here I am like, oh my gosh, they're like my connection. Like they're, they're yes, this is like gonna be my friend. Maybe we feel that way about God. Hmm? Maybe we feel like it's a one-sided friendship. Like we're like, yeah, I want a friendship with God. And then maybe we're like, does God want a friendship with me? Like, do we feel secure in our friendship with God? Or do we question that he might not be into us as much as we are into him? Maybe we think God has favorites. And we aren't one of them. 
I have a friend who asked me to pray and it cracks me up because she'll text me and say, hey, can you pray for this? And then I'll say, and she'll say, because God listens to you. And I'm like, girl, uh, no, God listens to you just as much as he listens to me. Maybe we can learn something pretty significant from John. He wrote about himself, the one that Jesus loves. He was confident in that love and so confident, <laughs> like think about it, that he wrote it down on a piece of parchment for generations upon generations to read. Maybe to tell us, hey, you can have this too. Like there are things in the Bible, like we can skip over them or think that there isn't a lot of meaning. And I've never, ever thought of this this way until I was doing this podcast. Maybe that's there. Maybe he wrote that specifically to say, listen, you can have this. This is not just a John thing. This is a, you can have this. Like we could call ourselves the one that Jesus is, Jesus loves. Jesus is friend. And if you're stuck in thinking that maybe you're into God way more than he is into you, that it's a one-sided friendship, read John 15, 15. Because it says, no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. But I have called you friends. And if that's not enough, if that's not enough for you to say, okay, this is not one-sided, he goes on to say in verse 16, and you did not choose me, but I chose you. Oh, I like how God seals the deal. <laughs> like here he is like, if you're not convinced with the first part that I called you friend, I want you to know that I chose you before you chose me. Like, take that in. <laughs> That's good news, people. It's not one-sided. <laughs> one of the definitions for friend was a person who one knows. Now I want to read you a passage in Genesis 18, verses 17 through 19. And you might hear some rustling because I've got my Bible out. And let me just say, there's nothing to me like reading like a physical form of the word of God. I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm not into the app thing because it's just not the same for me. So get out your Bible or read it later. Um, so it says, then the Lord said, should I hide what I am about to do from Abraham? Abraham is to become a great and powerful nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him that he will command his children and his house after him to keep the ways of the Lord by doing what is right and just. This is how the Lord will fulfill to Abraham what he promised him. Um, in verse 19, it says, I have chosen him, which is translated for I know him. Like God and Abraham's relationship was there because God had knew him and he knew him so well he was like hey i can re i can trust him that was one of our definitions of friendship right trust so i can reveal to abraham these things that nobody else knows is that relationship just for abraham is it just that something abraham was able to attain with god or is it possible 
for us to have that with God? And if so, how do we do it? <laughs> right? I don't want to just say, okay, it's possible. Uh, now I don't know what to do. My husband all the times when he's preaching, he'll be like, so have a good day. <laughs> it's like, no, we need to know how. I think James 4, 8 gives us the answer to the gener- the generation. Oh my gosh, people. I'm sorry. To the question of how. And guess what? It's simple. It's not even complicated. It just says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's it. That's all. That's all I wrote. No, I'm just kidding. The bottom line is we can't have our friendship with God if we don't spend time with him. Ah, this is something I preach all the time, right? And might I add something to that? Uh, don't give him your leftover time. I'm, I'm like pointing at my, like physically pointing at myself right now. Aaron, don't give him your leftover time because I'm really guilty of that. I mean, think about your friends. Let's just go to our, our friendships. And how would your friend feel if you're like, oh, you know, I'll get together with you, but I'm really tired. I'm exhausted. Like, but you know, I'll hang out with you. And you're like, give them, like, you're not even engaged with them. You're like there, you're sitting on their couch, but you're not even engaging with them. I mean, how would your friend feel? I'd be like, "Mm, maybe you can come back when you want to engage with me. Um, In Genesis 18, uh, verses one through five, Abraham, again, shows us what prioritizing time with God looks like. And the the setup of the story is basically Abraham is visited by three strangers. One is the Lord. And so when they come, Abraham doesn't want them to leave because he wants them to stay for a while at his house because he wants to spend time with them. And so Abraham totally makes God a priority. He doesn't give him his leftovers or anything like that. He puts everything aside. He like nothing else is going to happen because the Lord is there and Abraham is going to do whatever it takes to keep the Lord there so he can spend time with them. So I'm going to read it to you. Uh, Page turning again. So it says, the Lord appeared to Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the heat of the day. Dear Lord, help me. (laughs) I don't know what my problem is. He looked up and he saw three men standing near him. And when he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to meet them, bowed to the ground and said, my Lord, if I have found favor with you, please do not go on past your servant and let a little water be brought that you may wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a bit of bread so that you may have strength for yourselves. This is why you have passed your servant's way. And later you can continue on. Yes, they replied, do as you have said. Abraham's friendship with God is so genuine and so much so that he is like, I'll do whatever it takes. Just stay. Like I'm, I am invested in this time with God. Like I, I want to be with you. Do you enjoy God? Do you prioritize him? Do you drop everything so that he knows that you're investing in your relationship with him? 
Do you petition him like Abraham to stay in fellowship? Like, are we doing that? We're like, no, 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 Lord, don't, don't go anywhere. Like, just, just stay here with me. I don't know about you, but I'm super convicted right now because <laughs> I want that. I read this verse that was just super sobering to me, and it's in Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and do many miracles in your name? Then I will announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. We can know about God. We can do things in his name. But that doesn't mean we know him. There is a difference between knowing about God, even thinking we're doing good things, than actually knowing who he is. And we only come to know him by spending time with him. We do that by putting him first. This is how we're going to do it, right? We're going to do it by putting him first. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. Seek him first. Something I am working on constantly. Put him first. Maybe you need to plan it, right? We plan everything else in our lives. We, we have planners or you have it on your phone. We check our schedules. We're like, can I fit that in, you know? And by the way, we make time for what we want to do. That is a fact above all facts. I don't, I hate when people say I don't have time. Yes, you have time for what you think is important. Uh, maybe we need to think spending time with God is pretty important if we want to know him so that when we arrive on that day, he doesn't look at us and say, mm, I don't know you. Like, how tragic. Like, that like, really hit me. Plan it. Put a little section. This is my time with God. This is this. I am scheduling from this time to this time. And maybe it varies on days, but I'm going to prioritize my time with him. And don't believe the lie that God isn't into you. <laughs> He's not a blind date that's going to stand you up. Like you're going to show up. Like you're going to follow that verse, James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You're like, I'm going to draw near and he's going to be like, M-I-A. No, that it says it right there. If you draw near to him, he's showing up. He is ready to show up and be with you and spend time with you. But a lot of times I think, I think sometimes we just are like, okay, God, when I feel the stirring, when I feel a calling, that's when I'm going to spend time with you. No, you draw near to him. Me too. Let's draw near to him. And then he's going to be right there waiting. It's like to just pour himself so we get to know him. Like he knows us, right? He knows everything about us. But we have to invest time in him and get to know him. How cool would it be for God to be like, we get to heaven. I don't know. Again, visual person. And it's like, you know how people like have those like secret handshakes and stuff like that? You get to heaven and God's like, there's my, pre there's my friend. Like, I don't know. That made me emotional. Like, there's my friend. Like, I know her. 
I know him. Yeah, welcome. I, I've been waiting for you. It doesn't just happen, people. <laughs> if we want that, we got some work to do. He desires us, but do we desire him? Are we willing to put forth the effort to build that intimacy with him? Man, I, I am appreciating that passage of scripture in a whole new light. I want to be like John. Like, if I had a book of the Bible, <laughs> the book of Aaron, that sounds a little sacrilegious. <laughs> but I'm just, you know, you'll see where I'm going with this. By the book of Aaron, I would hope that I was so confident in my relationship with Jesus Christ, not only as my Lord and my Savior, but as my friend, that I could write what John wrote. Aaron, the one that he loves. I think we got some work to do, you guys. <laughs> I'm convicted. I, after I I finished writing this podcast, I actually just sat in the chair and it just it's like, God, I want this. I, I just want to be your friend. I, I want to know you. I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you. I want to be Abraham where you're like, that's my friend. And I can divulge secrets to them because I trust them. And because you know me, oh, it's just, that's what I want. And I hope that's what you want too. And let's go after it. Can I get an amen? Amen.